Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the Bears Beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR, your home for the best coverage of Golden Bear Athletics news, updates, upcoming events. My name is Josh, but to, sitting to my left is Jack Heim. Jack, just getting the laptop out now. He, uh, you know, he felt really generous today. Um, he gave back to a good cause. Uh, AXP, I think, was doing. Is AXP correct? Yes. AXP yeah. doing a. Uh, hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. $3 outside the MSU. Go grab yourself a cup if you want to, uh, I would say, I don't I don't know what the exact word choice here is, but uh, go get yourself a cup of hot chocolate. Just That's all there needs to be said. Spend $3 like I did. Jack, I got to tell you something. I, I, you know, this week wasn't a good week for me. I'll tell you why. Um, I was uh, looking in the sweepers folder yeah um and you know if 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 you guys if our listeners do not know what that is it's basically something that reminds you're listening to us um and they just love to make fun of me here uh and i'll even play two of them for you um this is this is off of um a show that I I, I I was recording and Abby was doing her show in here and uh, just let's let's listen to some of these. One more thing before we go. First off, I might have to leave because I'm hungry. I haven't ate all day. I ate two donuts at eight o'clock in the morning. I haven't ate, so I'm gonna ha- I might have to leave. It depends on how hungry I get. The radio voice of Kutztown University. Can you believe that? That th- this is the stuff that you guys just love to do. Yeah, you you, you love it. I mean, oh well, that's that's just great. But Jack, Jack, I you know a pretty interesting week I'd say of athletics. I was actually kind of kind of pleased. I was really happy. Um, but we have a lot to talk about with basketball. But I want to actually save that till the end. I want to talk about wrestling first, if you don't mind. Um. So there are two gentlemen that uh, live in the hall that I work in. Um, they're called, uh, their names are Bailey Gimbor and uh, Dalton um, Gimbor. They're twins, actually. Um, you probably know their names, you know, from wrestling. They're two outstanding gentlemen. Um, and, and um, you know, I, I actually, I can't tell the difference between them. Um, so I actually just, I, I even asked for their permission. I, I just call them twin. Cause I I can't tell which one it is I you know, I don't want to say Bailey and it's really Dalton and Dalton it's really Bailey but um, Bailey Gimmore um, and Matt Weinberg uh, coming up big at uh, the Bob Quaid Cyclone Open um, at Centenary College over in New Jersey um, Bailey winning it in the 165 and Matt winning in the 184 so uh, congrats to those two gentlemen um, and Jack we might have ourselves uh, two future guests on the show I talked to them about what we do here you know what our what our little thing is that we're in, we do, and they were both actually pretty interested. So next semester, um, look for a couple interviews um, from the Gimbor twins, Bailey and Dalton. Actually, actually, they're pretty close to my hometown. Uh, oh, I can't even think of the name now. Hamburg, Hamburg. They're actually from. Um, they're transfers out of Franklin and Marshall. Um, now coming here uh, to Kutztown, they're tearing it up already. But um, Jack. I was really upset that I could not go to the um, basketball games this weekend due to uh, a prior commitment. But, Jack, I was really actually pleased with the way both of the teams performed this weekend. It was a, it was a great weekend of basketball um, and a great middle, middle, action, uh, middle week action uh, for the women's basketball team down in uh, the city of brotherly love. Um, so we're just going to dive right into um, the women's um, 
first game uh, against Gannon, and I mean, we talked about that the day before. I mean, they're going up against a team that is nationally ranked. They're off to a rough start. Their start is 1-4, but they somehow pull off the miracle to beat them. So, just to look at this, in the first quarter, Gannon outscored Kutztown 19-12, but Kutztown fought back in 16-13, and thanks to a big third quarter and a big fourth quarter, they were able to pull off that win. I mean, Jack, I mean, I wasn't there, but as a person that was there, you know, tell me what it was like, what really helped them win that game. Look, it was the best effort we've seen from this group all year. I mean, they played a gritty, hard-fought kind of game, and it was two teams who excel on the defensive end of the floor showing their talents and, you know, forcing a lot of turnovers. It was hard-fought for pretty much every basket on both sides. Uh, that's why it results in the final. It did a 55-54 win for the Golden Bears. Uh, and that's exactly the kind of win that this team needed. It's a big win early in the season over a top-15-ranked uh, team nationally. And, as you know, it's a resume booster right there. This team, you know, we've seen them play well over the past couple of games, and it started with that Gannon, Gannon one. You know, Zara Zerman really stepped up in that contest for this team. And they played for each other. It was a great, great team effort all around, every contributor. Uh, you know, we mentioned, you know, Olivia Smelas uh, last week and how she might not have a bigger role, at least that's what I said. Uh, I was, I stood corrected, and she was phenomenal down the stretch because Ramoldi and Hearn were both in foul trouble with four fouls late in that game. So the true freshman steps up uh, and steps into a big moment for this team early in the season uh, and absolutely shines in that spotlight moment and plays some key minutes down the stretch for this team. They didn't take a step off, you know, when Smalish checked in down in the front court. She played really well, uh, and, you know, credit to her for being able to play so well as such a young player against a very, very solid team uh, in the PSAC West against Gannon. And, you know, they were able to close the door on a tight one down the stretch. But, you know, a big win for this team early in the year. You know, now that one has led to this team stringing some wins together consecutively. So good for them. It was a great effort, and they did a lot of things well in that game. Quick announcement from the KUR Notebook to uh, unfortunately interrupt this uh, conversation. Uh, attention KU community, join the LGBTQ plus resource center for a weekly LGBTQ plus book club. An author who is a part of the LGBTQ plus community as well as a themed book will be selected to be enjoyed and discussed as a club. The LGBTQ plus box, book club excuse me, meets every Tuesday from 2 to 3 p.m. in the Boxwood House. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Bears Beat right here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. This is your home for all of your Golden Bear news, athletics updates right here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. My name is Josh Toots, sitting to my left, Jack Heim. And, I mean, Jack, this, this was a game that really a lot of the scoring went all the way around. I mean, you had three players... Arguably, almost four with Abby, another bucket, and she could have had it. But this was a, a game that Zara Zerman had 14, Annie had 12, Casey had 11. But on the rebound side of things, Zara stepped up big time as well with six. Uh, Casey Ramoldi with six. But Ramoldi got in some big foul trouble as well as Abby Hearn. Um, both finished the day with four. I mean, you can't take them home with you, but... When you get in foul trouble like that, it definitely affects the way that you play the game. Yeah, it does, and it goes back to the point I referenced earlier about Olivia Smela stepping up, you know, down in the stretch in the big moments. And, you know, all credits are, like I mentioned, not going to go back down that rabbit hole. But, again, to have the depth that they have up there up front with, you know, Pearson, Ramoldi, Hearn, and Smelas, it's incredible uh, what Janet Maloof's done with this roster construction. This is, this is a team that's built, you know, from the front court out. 
And, you know, they're still trying to figure some things up, you know, out in the backcourt. But Zerman's performance in this game was a huge bright spot for this team uh, and something that they can build on. If they can have, you know, Zerman continue to be a reliable player, you know, not just in the scoring aspect, but all around, you know, in every area of the game, that's going to be huge for the success of this team uh, throughout the entire season. And we'll get to some games they played, you know, later on that weekend and earlier this week, later on in the show. But as for this one against Gannon, it was a huge game, a really a turning moment. Uh, early in the season, you know, when, when things are all said and done, depending on how the rest of the season goes, and there are still quite a long ways to go. But, you know, if this is a successful year again for Maloof and company for this women's basketball team, that game against Gannon will be one that, you know, was looked upon as the one that turned the corner and really started the turnaround of the season. Yeah, this really was a big game. Um, it was a game changer. Like you said, it really could be the turning point in the season. Uh, looking at some quick statistics out from the field, Kutztad not shooting all that great from the field, only shooting 39%. From the three-point line, they also shot 39%. And from the free-throw line, they shot 82%. Um, looking at the lowest um, points at each in the uh, quarters, um, in the third quarter, they really struggled from the field, only shooting 3 of 10. Um, you know, not not the way you want to play. But on the other side, Gannon only shooting 38%. Um, from the three-point line, they only shot 27%. From the free-throw, they only shot 67%. So this really was a game, not a lot of shooting. I would I would guess a lot of defense, but overall a good a good win, um, and could sound women's basketball moves on. Um, and I would say their next game really wasn't as tough as not uh, at all. No, it's not sugar coated here. I mean, it's a it's a big step well, back. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Gannon. I really don't want to say that many bad things because. Um, you know, I, I feel bad in a sense, but I mean, when you're 0-6, 0-2 in the PSA, so you're not, like, lighting up the charts, I'll say that. No, um, I mean, look, Clarion's not a great team. I mean, there's no way to dance around it. It's just the fact of the matter that, you know, there's teams that are good and there's teams that are bad, and that's just the way sports are. And, you know, if you're looking at, you know, your opponents on the schedule, Cannon versus Clarion, those are two teams at the opposite end of the spectrum. Gannon is one of the best teams in the PSAC, and Clarion is arguably one of the worst. I mean, it's just the fact of the matter, and Kutztown did what they needed to do. Um, they took care of business in this one in blowout fashion, and they fired on all cylinders. I mean, they did a really good job. You know, that was a letdown opportunity. You could have, you know, after a big win against the top 15 team, the next day you come out against a little bit of a, uh, you know, a lackluster opponent, and they did a good job of, you know, keeping the, you know, pedal to the metal, uh, you know, gas, all gas, no brakes there, and, you know, taking it to them. Uh, and getting a big time win at home, and then going to three and four with that win and sweeping the weekend uh, with back to back games. It was huge uh, against some Western Division foes, and it's really a good confidence builders uh, for this team early in the season. Yeah, you know this really was a big wi- a big big weekend. They really needed this uh, after the rough start they really had. And I mean, Annie Whalen and Abby Herm. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. There's not really one player on the team uh, that really is a standout player. I'll say that. Um, but Annie Whale and, and Abby Hearn um, having big days. Um, Annie with finishing with uh, 15 points and Abby finishing with 12, five rebounds as well for Hearn. So um, I would say an outstanding day once again. But also, too, Olivia Smellis. You talked about her a little bit on the, um, the Gannon game. But, I mean, she had a big day herself, 11 points, five rebounds. I mean, the, the scoring really got spread out all along. I mean, it was one of those situations as well like the last game. You had three players in double digits. You had one that was close. This time it was Zara Zerman, but Zara Zerman yesterday had it, had the, the day before had that big game. But I mean, it, it's a scoring offense. They they really it almost looked like a field day for them. 
Um, looking at the stats here, I mean, for the field, they, they're still not shooting great, at least in my opinion. They only shot 47%. For the three, they only shot 52 And for the free throw, they only shot uh, 75% uh, to Clarion's 36% from the field. For the three-point, they only shot 31 And from the free throw, only shooting 57 So really, the takeaways from the these games is that Kutztown just needs to start shooting better from the field. I mean, the, those percentages aren't going to cut it. It just gets as simple as that. I'm glad that they're winning these these high these high state games that could easily get you back into the PSAC standings. But at the end of the day, you need to shoot a little bit better from the field if you want to take on you know the best of the best. I mean, yeah. Look, you know, especially in this you know clearing game, I think that. They shot it pretty well. I mean, look, there's things you've gone to nitpick, and there's always ways to improve as a team. I mean, there's, there's no way around that. You can play as good of a game as you want, and it's a good game, but, you know, each game is different. You have to bring your A game each time you step out on that floor, you know, and your five players that start the game and, you know, the various bench players you use throughout the game. Look, everyone, every single one of them has got to bring their best game if you want to come away with a win uh, night in and night out and be one of the best teams. And that's the goal for this team. You know, the expectations are high, and that's where they should be after the year they had last year and bringing so many of the players that, you know, were key contributors to that squad last year back on this year's team. So the expectations should be high. But in terms of, you know, playing, you know, these last couple of games, especially last weekend, I thought they played pretty well. They shot it pretty well uh, for the most part. I mean, look, you know, you're going to have your down stretches. You're going to have your droughts in games, and that just happens. That's the way things go. But, uh, like you said, Josh, I mean, you just got to keep finding ways to improve. And if it's on the shooting, it's always, you know, there's always areas where you can improve your game as a team. Yeah, and you worded it perfectly. One more thing I want to point out about this game. We talked about how there were a couple players in the Gannon game that really got in some deep foul trouble. Uh, this was a game that cuts down, really didn't see much foul trouble. The only person who really got uh, a, a big amount of fouls, it was only three. I mean, smell us, but I mean, that's not even a, a lot of fouls. I mean, looking on the Clarion side, I mean, Heather and Sell had four. Uh, Bailey... Martracia had, excuse me, had three, but I would say that the Kutztown had a lot of gimme points. I mean, looking at personal fouls, Clarion had 20 compared to only Kutztown's 11. So that, those are just, those are free shots right there. I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that. And when you go 15 for 20 at the line, that's 75%. That does give you the extra edge. So as, as a team, would you... Would you say that you want to try to draw more fouls at this moment in time? You're you're getting a lot more. You're getting a lot of opportunities. They sh- they had 53 shooting opportunities from the field, 23 from the three point line. But it seems like a good strong suit is at the free throw line. So I would say if you know their strong suit might just be playing aggressive basketball. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a team that works their offense through the post. That you know they like to attack inside. Uh, kick it out to open shooters. You know, they, they do a good job, especially this past weekend with ball movement. I mean, you know, when, when players didn't have the ball, they did a really good job keeping their legs moving, not being, you know, idle, standing still. Uh, you, know, you know, good job with off the ball moving and creating looks for each other. I mean, that was just a big improvement on the offensive end that I saw, especially being able to work down in the post and utilize all three areas of, you know, all three levels of offense. Work down in the post, get some two point jumpers, and then cash in really from the outside. And, you know, that was all headlined by the performance Annie Whalen had in both games. She was phenomenal from three point range, a dynamic shooter from downtown, in which she gets some open looks. Uh, she's always a threat to knock it down from deep. So, you know, finding 
their groove really in the early going is what this team's been able to do, especially this last weekend, I should say, you know, and, and erase what was a bad start. So overall, I think they've played well. They got to be aggressive, though. Like you said, Josh, keep trying to get to the free throw line. That's been a strength of this team here early on. And, you know, keep playing to your strengths and things will go well for you. Well, Jack, that was a, a definitely a good way to end um, our first third of the show. Um, but, uh, oh, we got to go. Jack, break. Jack, I messed that up. Wow. Hold it's on. Okay. Hold on. There we go. But when we come back, more women's basketball, and we're going to talk about a big weekend of men's basketball. This is the Bears Beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KWAR, stay with us. Keep it here. Keep it real. This is the Bears Beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR. Jack, uh, uh, an action-packed week full of sports. We were just talking over the break about uh, PIAA state football matchups this weekend. And, Jack, i got to tell you something. There's just something different not having them at Hershey. I mean, you gotta admit. It, yeah, it's weird. I, 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 I don't like it. I, I don't. Where is it even at? It's, it's at some Cumberland sp- Valley. Where in the world is that? Is, is that like even close? Um, good question. I think I it's know. like an hour away. But, uh, Jack, can you do me a favor? I told you about about the Southern Columbia story. Can you look up the score of that game? Because I would, I would love to see Southern Columbia win after that coach posted that like flyer that said they were that said Westinghouse was gonna win. Well, they play tonight. They, um, they said they play at 1 o'clock. Oh, yeah, it is 1 o'clock, but it's not updated yet. Let me oh. look at it. All right. It is 1 o'clock. You but, were right about that. Hold on. Let me see if I can find a score. But, Jack, while you're working on that, uh, so we talked about before the break how the women's basketball team is on a on a great run right now. They have two wins compiling going into their midweek matchup against Holy Family down in Philadelphia. Um, and... They just really kept it rolling. Um, they were one win away from av- averaging out at 500. So we always talk about it's important to get over 500. If you're not under 500, just get to 500. That's the middle mark. That's where you need to be. But you need to get to the next step. So coming into this matchup, they were 3-4. and four, But thanks to a almost a, a, a late-game comeback, 21 points in the fourth quarter gives them a 57-52 to 52 win. Looking at the quarter breakdowns here, um, Clifton did outscore Holy Family in the first by one. They outscored Holy Family in the second by three. In the third, they outscored Holy Family by four. And in the fourth, they outscored them by five. So it was really a game that really didn't look close on the score sheet. But for a majority of that fourth quarter, it seemed like Holy Family was on the on the gas the entire time. And Clifton just could not find a response. But like I, but like the article says, you know, late late fourth quarter comeback, one cuts down that game. And I mean, we talked about also too. There's always it seems three players who always are in double double digits. Excuse me. Um, and this time it was Casey Romoldi with 15, an outstanding game once again. Zero Zerman with 10, and also too Napoleon with 10 as well. And then there was one other player as well that was close to double digits, Annie Whelan. So the scoring, it almost seems like every game is right around the same. There's always three players that get into double digits, one that's one bucket away, and then the spreading, the scoring is spread out, I would say, among the team. But, I mean, looking at the at the shooting percentage, they just really need to work on, on, on it, like on the shooting side of things. From the field, they only shot 36%. From the three... They only shot 17%. 
From the free throw line, they only shot 76%. In the first and second quarter, they went 0 for 9. Combined with the third quarter, they went 1 for 11. And then in the fourth quarter, they went 2 for 7. So really, it was a, a game that this just keeps emphasizing my point that Kutztown is just struggling from shooting from the field. It it almost looks like it's it's a tough matchup. Uh, Jack, did you find that score or no? I, fe- I, I do have a score. Westinghouse 6, Southern Columbia 0. Ah, Westinghouse, the underdog after yeah. an early jump in the 2A uh, state championship. But, but uh, Jack, back to my point, though. Uh, it, am I saying that I'm outrageous for almost worrying about the fact that Kutztown's shooting percentage is almost almost not... I don't even know how to word it because it's not it's Look, not it's not what you want to see. But at this moment in time, their defense is carrying them to wins. It seems because there's I have never seen that many basketball games that with a 36 percent fielding shooting percentage, and from the three point line you're shooting 17 percent that you win games. It just doesn't happen. I I don't get it. It's not a sustainable recipe for success by any means, and I'm sure you know the coaches and that staff will be the first to tell you that. But you know. When you're not having your finest offensive game and you get a win like this, you certainly take it. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna come back home and be, you know, happy that you got out of there with a road victory, and you know, move on. Now it's three in a row for this team. They're playing hot. You know, they're on a little bit of a streak here, racing that uh, tough start, and they're right back to 500, and they're back on an even playing field here. But you know, they did a really good job on the defensive end, holding Holy Family to, uh, you know, just about as equal. If not less production, I mean, Holy Family shot 32% from the floor, 20% from three, and you know only made 68% of their attempted free throws, went 11 to 16 uh, from the line. I mean, the biggest part, Holy Family put up 24 threes, only made five of them. So I mean, that is huge in and of itself that they weren't able to cash in from three. Credit to the Kutztown defense, that's really won them this game. What, excuse me, what won them this game and 21 fourth quarter points. But uh, yeah, late scoring and solid defense was the story of this game. Not a great offensive game, but they got the points when they needed them, needed them the most, and they came away with the win, and that's all that matters. I mean, they don't ask you, you know, you know, how did you get this win, this, this, and this game? When you're looking back on it, all you know, all it shows that you, you know, on the schedule and the box score, you came away with the win. Uh, that's really all that matters to this team, you know, for that game. And now they're going to get some, you know, solid resting time, uh, and you know, move on to the next one when they go out west. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. Uh... It's good to have this preparation time, but I want to talk about something, too. I, I, I remember mentioning to you at the beginning of the basketball season that Olivia Smellis and Leela Hurley um, were big members of that Jim Thorpe team that made that great run, got stopped by Archwood in the state semifinals. Going up against their old teammate, Skylar Searfoss, who's only a freshman, mind you, nine rebounds, nine points, seven assists. So one rebound away one point away, and three assists away from getting a triple-double. Only as a freshman. Yeah, it's an impressive that performance. Is, that is almost unheard of. I, I I, wouldn't even say, but is it? would you say it's really different when you're going up against old teammates? Does that have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, would you say? You know, it depends on the situation. I think it you know, adds a little bit of fun. You know, because you're probably more than likely good friends with your old teammates. You spend a lot of time together, you know, out there on the court practicing and, you know, spending time with each other. And, you know, it's a really, you know, good bonding experience for you and your teammates, you know, to be out there together in that high school game when all of them went to Jim Thorpe together. So, I mean, I'm sure it adds a little bit of, uh, 
you know, fuel the fire there, play against one of your old teammates, uh, and try to get a little bit of bragging rights and get a win. And that's what Kutztown did in this one. So, but it's also, you know, a good thing. You know, after the game, they probably came up, you know, shook hands with each other, had an exchange a little bit. But um, yeah, I think it certainly does add a little bit of a chip to your shoulder when you're playing against a former teammate, and uh, you know, in these these kind of early important non-conference games. Jack, we're about in the halfway mark of the show. So before we transition to um, men's basketball, some final outtakes on this week of women's basketball. What, what, what are your thought, overall thoughts? Uh, really good week. Did a good job turning the corner after a rough start. You know, it just shows to the character uh, and, the, you know, the leadership that's not only you know, on the coaching staff, but, you know, on the player side of this uh, thing to this team. I mean, the energy they showed after that win against Gannon, you know, on Friday night, uh, it was infectious. I mean, you could tell they were excited. You could tell that it was like it's just a sigh of relief, you know, after that, you know, rocky start to get a huge win on your home floor early in the season. You could just see, you know, the energy shift, you know, from this team. The excitement was, you know, not not that it was ever gone, but it was, you know, reinvigorated. And it was back not only, you know, with the team but in the building on that night. So, that, again, I mentioned earlier, could be the potential turning point of the season. And so far... That win's got them, you know, trending in the right direction with three in a row. They're playing like a new team, and we're starting to see kind of the similar things that we saw in terms of confidence-wise how they were playing last year. So it's certainly a good thing. They're four and four, uh, you know, a race of rocky start with a good little stretcher, but they got to keep it up. Uh, they got to keep it up. Got to keep playing well. And you know, for me, this team is, you know, there's still things to work on. There's still uh, steps to be taken. But so far, at this juncture in their last three games, it's been a good stretch and a good week for this team. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm very pleased with this week. I was I was very happy to see that um, women's basketball got on the winning side of of things. They were really struggling in that beginning part, and we were even starting to question ourselves. I think if we if we weren't if we say we weren't questioning, we would be lying ourselves. But I was personally questioning myself. You know, how this season would go with the way that it started, but the way that Kutztown really overturned things, I think that really started to build momentum. You know, really started to make make people a little mad and almost not settle for nothing but greatness and a 3-0 week is a good week you know pat on the back and you move on now you go out to the west and that's that's where the real i think competition lasts because you're going up against teams like iup seton hill you're, you're really going up against the the best of the best in the psac i would i would say that the west is definitely more, more, I would say, dominant than the East in basketball. Sometimes, it, thinking over the past years, the West has won a lot of championships compared to the East, specifically in uh, men's basketball, but also in women's basketball too. But just something to look out for. But uh, Jack, you talked about how that Gannon win meant a lot for uh, the women's basketball team. How about how much that Gannon win for the men's team won for that team? Starting out the year, zero and five. Um, in their first PSAC game, a nail-biter, it almost seems like, going into overtime. So looking at this, Kutztown got outscored in the first, 39-37. But in the second, they outscored Gannon, 28-26. And then in overtime, they outscored him 13-9. It almost seemed like a nail-biter. W- would you say that? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Look, this game was a nail-biter. It was down to the wire. Uh, and it took a big performance by Kyrie Jenneret to bring this team really back. I mean, he, he had some big free throws late uh, and could have ended in a regulation. You know, missed his only free throw attempt of the day there. But, you know, this team was able to come out and play a solid five-minute overtime period, really controlled the game there. And you could feel the momentum swing in Kutztown's favor late in the regulation time. 
uh, when they got it back tied. And just the way they were playing, they were playing hard, scrappy, physical basketball down the stretch. And Gannon really couldn't do much of anything on offense. So it was, you know, Kutztown controlled the game and went to overtime. And they did a good job controlling it from there. Uh, you know, getting back to the free throw line. And Generet's 19 points is a team high. I mentioned 13 to 14 for the line. Just as efficient. I mean, he knew to attack the basket, draw fouls, and use his, you know, elite free throw shooting. You know, as a strength to him, that's one of the biggest you know strengths of his game is his free throw shooting capabilities, and he and he found a way to did it, and found a way to do it, I should say, uh, and get to the line often and make most of them. Uh, you know, being upwards of a ninety percent free throw shooter, you know, on the season thus far, uh, and that performance certainly helped bolstered his stats in that category. So he played really well, nineteen points, four assists, also grabbed four rebounds. So he did a really good job there. Uh, and of course, you know we got to mention a little bit of Robert Tucker. I mean, he's doing it night in, night out, averaging almost a, uh, over a double double, I should say, uh, every game. Pull down, you know, 19 points and pull down 12 boards in this one, on um, huge overtime win. So for me, those two guys were the key driving factors into what allowed Kutztown to get that overtime win uh, against Gannon and for their first win of the year and open up PSAC play with a bang and get their first win in conference play end of the season. Uh, it's a good momentum, uh, you know, swing and a good confidence booster for these guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, it really was a it was a good win. Um, going into overtime, pulling out an overtime win. Um, Kyrie obviously missing the one free throw has to be still kicking himself maybe for that, but he stepped it up. I I like the game that he put out. Nineteen points. That is definitely a, a great game. Uh, Thirteen free throws, like you said, and even with four rebounds. I mean, that is quite impressive. But I want to talk about for a second. Um, the Gannon men's basketball roster, there are some giants on that team. I mean, Jack, I would say I'm pretty tall. I, what, how tall are you, if you don't mind me asking? 5'11", uh, 6'-ish. Five, five yeah. yeah, I'm in that range as well. Um, we would look like little kids compared to the, some of these <laughs> yeah. guys. Um, Demetrius Mims, 6'6", six six, only a redshirt junior. Uh, I, I say that like that's young, but it's really not. I mean... Six foot five, Michael Lucarati. Then you had Jack. You're really gonna have to help me with this one. Ali Ragab. Yes, Ali Ragab. Seven foot. Ragab, I should say. Seven foot. Oh my God. Yeah. How from how, Egypt? How, the how, international product. Big yeah, man. They. It definitely seemed like they had the the League of Nations on this team. I'll tell you that it was. I, I like to. I like. I like to see different players. You know. I, I really do. But. One thing I liked about this game was we talked about Ali Ragab. He was he was a big big man on the team. He got into foul, some foul trouble. I heard pretty pretty early. He and also too Demetrius Mims at six six. He fouled out, but also too Zach Ken. We talked about how tall this team really is. Zach Ken looking at he is six foot ten. He fouled out himself. So there were there were two players who fouled out, one that was really close, two at three, and then there were two at two and then three at one. I mean I mean Kyrie hats off to him for drawing these fouls against some of these giants, basically. I mean, yeah, look, you know, there were yeah. some size mismatches. There and the good thing for Kutztown was Ragab really didn't get a whole lot of meaningful playing time because of how much foul trouble he was in. But 
you know, they were able to do a good job creating shots, getting guys some open looks when they needed it, working at all on all levels, you know, working from the outside, getting down inside in the post of Robert Tucker, being able to make some things happen. But, you know, for Tucker, he was getting swarmed all night. I mean, he, you know, they could try to dump it down to him in the post, you know, the low block area there. And, you know, it wouldn't just be one goal a night defender there. There'd be two, three guys, sometimes even four guys just all swarming him, trying to get that ball loose, get a jump ball and force it or force a turnover. So, you know, it was tough for him, you know, cooking all night there. But, you know, the guards were able to make their names, you know, heard with Kyrie Jenneret step up performance. Uh, Wesley Butler played pretty well. And uh, they did enough to get out there with the, get out of there with their first win of the year. And it was a good effort from Bernie Driscoll's bunch. Yeah, I mean, even the team, they had four scores that were in double-double. They had two guys finish with a double-double themselves. Robert Tucker, 19 points, 12 rebounds. I, I at this point I can't even say I'm sh- I'm not sh- I'm shocked because I'm really not. He always finishes with a double double it seems. But I'm surprised that Josh Samick finished with a double double. I knew what his potential was, but he really didn't. He really had a rough start, I would say, to the year. Um, but he had a double double himself. 15 points, 10 rebounds. Hats off to him. Amazing performance. But I mean, Kyrie with 19 points. You also have Wesley Butler. His name was known. 13 points. He's normally at about 20, I would say. Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, but. I would say this is a really good win against a team that is almost outstanding, Jack. The only thing that Gannon really struggled with was foul trouble, and Kutztad, it seemed like they just nailed them all night long on that. Yeah, you know, Gannon wasn't really responsible with the fouls they took. It was, uh, you know, they took some fouls early and often. Kutztad was in the double bonus in the first half of this game, you know, right on the seven-minute mark. So, I mean, they were in it for quite a while. And, you know, they did a good job attacking the basket, drawing fouls, and, you know, playing smart basketball that way. But, you know, these were two teams who looked really even. It was an even matchup all night long. Uh, and, you know, it matches up with where they were both predicted in their respective divisions in the preseason standings. Kutztown was projected sixth in the east, Gannon sixth out west. So, I mean, you know, it, it did look like that kind of matchup. Two teams that were on an even playing field, and Kutztown was able to edge their way to a win. <clears throat> By doing some things marginally better than Gannon did, so it was nothing you know nothing better you could ask for. Two teams in opposite divisions in the same conference who looked really even. So it was a good game, good game to watch. And Kutztown uh, did a really good job getting out there with the win. Yeah, I mean you know it really was a good win, and I, I was actually pleased by that win. That that win actually was I would definitely say my uh, favorite of them so far. But Jack, it's time to go to another break. But when we come back, more men's basketball discussion coming your way as we tackle right into the, the Clarion game. This is the Bears beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-Wars, stay with us. Keep it here. Keep it real. This is the Bears beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R. My name is Josh Patuzang. And my left, Jack Hyman. If you're just tuning in, well, first of all, you're about 43 minutes late. Actually, 40 because we went on at at 12.03. Uh, thirteen oh three. I'm sorry. I'm Jack. I'm yeah, all one oh three. I'm I'm so. all over the place, Jack. Uh, Jack, we should maybe let our listeners know this. Uh, please save your tears for the end of this statement, if you could. This will be the last episode of the semester, Jack, won't it? Yes, it will. Uh, it's been a great semester. Thank yeah. you to all our listeners out there. Yeah. Uh, tune in at one every Friday uh, to get you know your updates. Uh, for, you know for Golden Bears athletics. You know everything from, you know. Upcoming events, breaking news, breakdowns, everything in between. Um, you know, your listenership makes this show possible, and uh, you know everyone at KUR as well who makes this uh, who makes this ship sail, I should say. So uh, it's been a fun semester, but we still got a little bit more to go. Jack, before we get back into this, I have a couple minutes to spare. We have we have about fifteen minutes, and I got 
And there's and Josh has got something he wants to get off his chest, ladies and gentlemen. No, I just wanted to <laughs> say congratulations uh, to IBS um, nominations for yourself. Uh, Thank you very much, good sir. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, what, what are you up for? I don't even. So I don't I even know. <laughs> myself and my great my great friend and co-host of Heavy Hitters, Mr. Mitchell Smedley, we were nominated for Best Sports Talk Program for uh, the you know IBS Radio Awards. So and then you know along with. You know, best program director, and a you know, it was just I'm so proud and humble of you know. He's every so, nomination he's so he's no, he's so proud of himself is what he was going to say. Proud of myself, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of everyone else who got nominated here. At, you know, at KUR, <laughs> you know, the I'm hard work joking. that myself and everyone has been putting in at the station. You know, you know, over the course of this last calendar year and it's been, you know this semester, it's been it's been incredible. And uh, you know, just got to keep my head down and keep going to work, and uh, you know, hopefully bring yes, home sir. some hardware. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But Jack. We got one more game to talk about, and uh, Clarion, um, they're not exactly the best team on the men's side of basketball either. They're 2-4. and four. They're now 0-2 in PSAC play with Kutztown 2-5, and 2-0 and oh in PSAC play. Undefeated. Never lost. Undefeated. There it is. High five. Look at that. Like, like LeVar Ball once famously said, I'm undefeated. I never lost. Remember that, Josh? I, I, I actually don't. But what? But Jack, I got wow. That is crazy. Jack, do you remember how um, really? Uh, hold, hold, hold on. I, I need to what? find the sweeper. Can, can you introduce the topic for today? So while I try to find this, for the next topic, uh, the Clarion game. Well, for Clarion, look, this game was another good one for Kutztown. A, a double-digit win here at home. Uh, they did a good job controlling the game. I mean, it wasn't the best played game, I should say. Turned it over over 20 times. I mean, that's not going to be a good stat line anyway. You slice it up, but, you know, it was a good win. They've won two in a row, and they beat a team, you know, preseason projected seventh in the PSAC West, a team that's, you know, just a right around their level, a little bit below. And they did a good job taking care of business against two teams that are kind of on the same level, them out west. And those are the wins you got to get. I mean, you got to beat the teams who are on par with you and um, below you, projected in the standings. Uh, and, you know, even worse records than you. So, I mean, Kutztown, really good job uh, this past weekend, sweeping the doubleheader, that thriller against Gannon in overtime, and a game against Clarion where, you know, things went pretty well. Uh, you know, right from the jump, they got off to a hot start, and they never really looked back. So it was a good win. They were up 38-21 at the half uh, before, you know, Clarion put up 43 in the second half to outscore Kutztown uh, by five, half number two, but it was to no avail. I know another really solid performance here by Kyrie Jenneret, 16 points, 6 of 7 from the free throw line with 6 boards uh, and 4 assists. Robert, T- uh, Robert Tucker, Mr. Double-Double with 16 points, 10 boards. Uh, and Josh Samick builds off his uh, solid performance against Gannon uh, with 13 points and 9 boards. And his efficient shooting from 3-point range uh, continues over back-to-back nights going 3 of 5 from downtown against the Golden Eagles of Clarion. So, you know, those three guys, you know, they were the faces against Gannon. They were the faces again against Clarion. If, you know, we can have some blended scoring for this team, you know, alongside Wesley Butler, if these four guys can continue to score at an efficient rate, uh, you know, there's a chance that, uh, you know, we could, you know, continue to see some some wins being put up on the board here, you know, on the, on the schedule. So, you know, they got a tough test next time out, but uh, we'll get to that one in a little bit. For As for this one against Clarion, it was a good win. Uh, they took care of business and uh, swept the weekend on their home floor. Yeah, you know, a good win. It really was. Um, You laid it all out there. I mean, there's really not much more to say other than that, but we'll dive into that for a second. But, Jack, at the beginning of the episode, I talked to our listeners that this station just loves to make fun of me. They, ugh. You guys, you guys, I, th- I think Look, you guys, it's not making fun of you if you make, produce the sound bites yourself. It, I didn't produce them. You, you, you said it. You said the words that make the sound bites, so therefore, uh, Jack, you said it. Jack, uh, we're going to play this one. Um, 
Uh, wait, another Jared, Josh Toot sweeper for you, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, you are. Abby, you said we were literally going to talk. You said we were going to talk, and I was getting excited, and then you're like, yeah, we're going to get right into this music. No, you said we were going to talk. I saw you on your phone, so I thought you forgot. No, I was watching the video of... But yeah, if you remember the Pedro Martinez 2003 where he took Don Zimmer to the ground, that was a great day in baseball history. Let me tell you, Pedro, Pedro Mania, that guy, that guy was nuts. Did I, did I tell you? We the radio voice of Kutztown University. Pedro Mania, that's all I got to say. Uh, taking uh, Don Zimmer to the ground. That's, that's definitely a moment in... Was he with the Mets at that time? No, nah, it was the Red Sox-Yankees. It was uh, Okay, that was when he was with there. the Red Sox. I was about to say, that's still a great moment in his career. But, uh, Jack, you guys just love to make fun of me. But it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Jack, I mean, this is a game that you had four guys that are in double-double digits. Kyrie stepping up big time. Robert, too, as well. Both with 16 points. Josh Samick with 13. Wesley with 11. Uh, Josh Samick from the from the arc, he's, he had a nice day himself, three. Uh, Jordan Harding as well with one, and Wesley Butler with one. From the free throws, talked about Kyrie, that's his strength, had six free throws. Um, Robert Tucker with four, Cameron Roberts and Josh Samick both with two. But rebounds, yeah, Josh Samick almost with the double-double, and Robert Tucker just pulling down boards once again with ten. He finishes with the double-double, like you said. And Clutchdown goes on a winning streak, but... I hate to interrupt this conversation, but I do have a quick announcement from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community, join the Women's Center staff for Feminist Fridays held every other Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. at the Boxwood House. Feminist Friday consists of fun and interactive crafts, journaling, and a variety of activities with a feminist twist. Be sure to follow out Women's Center KU on Instagram for more information about Feminist Friday. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. My name is Jess Petit, standing to my left, Jack Kime. Jack, one more personal story I have. You remember last show, after we went off air, I said I might be in crutches this week. You might have to help yes. me. I, I'm not. I, I did really well with skiing. My my family might not say that because I did fall a lot, but I think that's part of the process. Yeah, I mean, look, it's been, what, multiple years since you've been back up, you know, on the slopes, and, you know, you yeah. get back there, and, uh, you know, it's going to take some time to shake off the rust, so, you know, you know yeah. you're not going to be able to... You know, does a bird spread its wings and fly the first time it tries to take off? No, yeah, it does, no. actually. Well, no, it flutters and then probably, you know, falls to the ground and then <laughs> it tries, you know, tries and tries again until it's eventually able to fully fly on its own. So, you know, it's kind of what you're doing here. So just a quick back question. Back on the ski slope. Just a quick question. What what does that have to do with me skiing? Well, <laughs> you're going to fall. You're, you're not going to have a perfect run here. You're not going to, you know, be always able to, you know, stay up on your feet the whole time. You're going to take, you know, a couple spills. But, you know, you pick yourself back up and you keep going uh, again until, you know, you get a perfect run through and you don't fall down. Uh, in seven, case anyone's ever heard, you know, seven, can six, tell I've never been skiing before. So seven, if I sound six, like a novice, that's why. 7-6 Southern Columbia. They take the lead Columbia back. coming back in this game. But, Jack, it's been another great episode. we got eight, about seven minutes to kill. Um, an overall general idea of men's basketball this week. Something you want to see them improve on, something you thought they did well, something you liked. Well, look, something I liked is they played with a lot of heart. They played with a lot of fight, and they played, you know, aggressive down the stretch of, of that game against Gannon. Uh, they played really complete, I'd say, 40 minutes outside of those, you know, turnovers against Clarion for the most part. Uh, they were two solid games, two wins that this team really needed. They started 0-5. You know, it was, it was tough times for this Golden Bears men's basketball team, but, you know, these two wins— 
Maybe they're starting to turn a corner a little bit. We'll see. They got a real tough test, you know, on Sunday against IUP, the best of the West. Uh, you know, the preseason favorites out there on uh, the reigning PSAC champions. You know, out in that state of the art basketball arena that they have there at an Indiana PA. And then they got you know Seton Hill the next day. A team was on the opposite end of the spectrum. Seton Hills preseason projected dead last in the PSAC West, and it hasn't been a great start for the Griffins. So you know, if you come away with that road trip with a split, I think. You know, you'll certainly be happy if you're Kutztown. You know, that IUP game is going to be tough sledding, and it could, you know, be a, you know, be, could be a little bit of a rough slash tough game uh, for the Golden Bears, but they know they have an opportunity the very next day to take care of a Seton Hill team that they are certainly capable and equipped with the, uh, you know, necessary, I should say, skill set and players to go out there and beat a Seton Hill team. So if they go one and one on that road trip, I think it would be, you know, a solid, solid little uh, trip in here in mid December away from home. Yeah, it really would be a, a good win, I would say, for the Golden Bears. They really need some momentum here. They they built something already with a 2-5 and five record. They started 0-5, but right now they're undefeated in the PSAC. But IUP is the reigning um, PSAC men's basketball champion. They're, they're the real deal. It, it doesn't get much better than a team like IUP. But Kutztown could arguably take, could arguably take it to IUP. They're... IUP is a good team, but Kutztown, Kutztown, I think, is really capable of beating a team like that. Um, when you have momentum like this, I think the, your style of play changes a lot more where you're able to have more of an advantage playing a team like IUP and also, too, Seton Hill when it comes down to those things because you have these wins strung together. You're building off momentum, and that's the, that's the main thing that you really need to do. I think if you get more momentum going, that's we honestly might be looking at a better season than we did last year. But honestly, I'm 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 kind of impressed that Kutztown had a, a two win weekend. I mean, going two for two after a, after a couple of tough losses to Georgian Court Wilmington and also to Jefferson that you could have easily beat, but. Like you said, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. They're they're really stringing along a couple wins. Even in conference, they're they're 100% winning. And overall, they're only a 286 winning percentage. But it can change at any point, and they're really starting to change it here when it really starts to matter. I talked about on a couple of the other broadcasts that if they don't start getting some wins, we're going to be really looking at a, a, a tough, tough year. Um, but... I, I like what I'm seeing. I think Kutztown has, has a lot of momentum. I think that they could easily do very well on this road trip and at least take the split. But And if you take the split, you're 3-1 and one in conference play. I mean, you'd be 3-6 and six on the year, but you'd, you'd be off to a really good start in, in conference play and getting a lot of those West foes out of the way. I mean, by the time this road trip's said and done, you've already played Gannon, Clarion, IUP, and Seton Hill, you'll play Cal U at home after that on December 30th, which will be your fifth West opponent. But you won't see most, you know, you won't see some of these West teams again for the rest of the year uh, unless you get back into the playoff race. Um, but you know, starting off three and one in conference play, that's exactly how you draw it up. This Kutztown team, look, they're not the most prolific program in this conference, and it's the state of the, it's the state of the program. It's the fact of the matter. It's a rebuilding program. Here in the longtime head coach Bernie Driscoll, you know they attacked the transfer portal. We talked about this before to try to rebuild this roster and get some guys in here to be able to be competitive this year, uh, you know, and hang around. In the, I'd say in the middle of the standings in the PSAC. But for me, it's uh, you know it's impressive they were able to get those couple of wins strung together, and they got to keep up the momentum here. And you know, I'm interested to see the effort they put up against IUP and Seton Hill. You know, not this weekend, but next weekend. 
I just also do want to give our, our listeners another update. If you listen into our, our, our basketball broadcast, first of all, thank you all for your support. Um, we're going to try to do as many as we can during the winter break. Um, it's a little tough because a lot of our members are out of town, but we will try to carry those as much as possible. But when we start hitting the months of late January, February, that's when the basketball broadcast really start to pick up for KUR. So, um, if we are not carrying a game, uh, listen into the PSAC Sports Digital Network, Jack Heim, uh, on the call of those games. And he does once in a while have a couple other people that help him out. You had a was it was it the catcher that was it the catcher of the baseball team, Connor, that helped you out? No, 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 no. He's the uh, grad assistant in the sports info department. So, uh, Connor Donahue at the, over in Sports Info was helping me on the broadcast on Saturday against Clarion. Was did did I meet him? Um, maybe you have. I don't know. Maybe it, once. Maybe maybe if I maybe if I see him, I'll know who it is. There there's a lot of people that I really don't know names. I know faces. I'm I'm more better at that. But Jack. We got like two minutes to spare. Anything you want to say, Josh, before we sign off for the last time this semester? I just want to thank all of our listeners for making this possible. I mean, it's it's definitely a pleasure to come on every Friday at one. Um, even after those Thursday duty nights, like the one last night, I actually had a good duty night last night. But you know, I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Um, they're the reason that we're on the air right now. They're the reason that we are always up for awards. Um, they're the reason that keeps our station running without the listeners we wouldn't be anything we would just be people talking into mics with nobody listening um so obviously thank you to everybody who listens in regularly um please note that um we will go back on air for the bears beat next semester um we should have the same time i'll have to look at my schedule check and we might have to reschedule i don't think so though so i don't think so either so we should be back here on fridays at one next semester if not um, if not check all of our social medias that's where we uh update it and if you're not follow us on facebook twitter instagram we even have tiktok um that is uh where we update listeners on live broadcast of sports um and live updates on shows as well but Jack, it's been another great episode. 